Welcome to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we've encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Today, our friends in the UK will share the experience of resistance coming from senior management. Hi everyone, lovely to meet you. My name is Sitao and I'm the founder of Agile World. We've actually made it our mission to repair broken transformations here in the UK. There's many companies that have done that. We introduce new ways of working, aka the Agile way of working, new frameworks of be that say Scrum, Kanban, they're the kind of things we would introduce. And we also deliver product-focused initiatives, and that's always to put our clients, customers, front and center of everything we do. I discovered Agile about 10 years ago in the Silicon Valley in the south of France. Lovely, hot, sunny weather there. And I kind of threw myself at the deep end thinking I knew it all, and I absolutely knew nothing about uh, Agile. So I'm kind of self-taught uh, in many ways, self-developed as well. But now, you know, I feel that I'm in a position where I can really give a lot back. So that's exactly my motivation to start the consulting company. So what examples have I seen? I've got two examples. The, the first example is with a loyalty card company. I won't mention names, but they were doing really well. So they had a very keen CEO who really was an advocate of change. And he went to great lengths to make sure that the entire company was embarking on their new ways of working. We were called in, we did the transformation with them. We were with them for 18 months. So there was a lot of time spent with this organization to really get to a good place. If you've been through a transformation, you know that sometimes it can be like pulling teeth. And in this case, it was also the same thing. There were a lot of teething problems at the beginning, but as time went on, we, we were doing so well. Sadly, that CEO then went on to Pastors New, which then replaced somebody else who'd come in from an old incumbent type of organization. And as they arrived, they, they couldn't recognize what the people were doing. They, they had no idea of, you know, why there's so many post-it notes and sketches on the wall. And, you know, why is the environment looking so erratic and messy? And why are people not at their desks doing any work? And why are they all together or, you know, sitting in nimble places, etc. With that, there was a huge bit of resistance where they pulled the plug on the agile change strategy and the transformation pretty much demanded and commanded and being at the level that they were at commanded for the actual transformation to stop and for everything to roll back to where they were before so that was example one the second example is where i was there to transform a group from waterfall to agile so again like pulling teeth initially but they were starting to get some momentum. As the momentum came, what we needed to do is we actually needed to introduce the idea that you're going to start talking to your real customers. So we traveled all the way to Madrid, met the customers, spent time with them, went through the system. We hosted a great big discovery process and really got some strong findings as to what this team needs to deliver a really satisfactory product. The outcome of that was when we came back to the UK, we presented our findings to the leadership team and they were just like, this is not what we've asked for. This is not what we want. This is wrong. And again, you know, there was an attempt to actually shut down and go back to where we were before. So those are my two examples. Giles, what about you? What examples do you have? 
Thanks, Giselle. Hey, everyone. Before I start sharing some of my examples of resistance, I'm Giles. I'm a former CTO. I'm a software engineer, having been working for 25, 26 years now. And now I'm CEO of Agile Delta Consulting. So I've been an Agilist as well for as long as I can remember. And I'm part of the PMI Disciplined Agile Advisory Council. I'm soon to be the president of the Business Agility Institute in the UK. And I help run a couple of meetups and with Chateau here in the UK. I've also recently started a podcast series called The Agile Confessional, where people get to come along and confess their agile sins that they've made throughout their agile careers, which is great fun. I love to learn, share and help others in the agile community as much as possible. This is something now at my age and my time in my career, I want to do as much as possible. Passionate about responsible leadership that sort of responsible servant leadership. And I spent the last few years trying to give back to the community, conferences and meetups and talks, sharing my own experiences, my successes and failures at conferences and meetups. So my personal goal, which I want to share, is that I want to help change the norms of organizational management, organizational design, so that bureaucracy and micromanagement ultimately become things of the past and not de facto and inherent in organizations today. So Some of my examples of resistance in leadership. My first example is called, we only want agile for the technology teams. And with all my examples, I've joined that the particular companies as a technology level leader role, be that a CTO or a technology director or something like this. So that they're positioned predominantly at that level. So out of this particular company with example one, I learned very early on, there were pockets of people doing agile but no one was actually being agile. The agile that was being done was actually kind of being forced upon the teams, put upon them, rather than the teams actually being able to choose and help co-create their own ways of working within the teams. Also, it became very apparent that the agile mindset and ways of working were not understood across the rest of the organization. Huge amounts of resistance and friction. There were huge silos everywhere because of this. So I began to help coach other parts of the business helping them understand what Agile is all about, the philosophy, the values, and how it can actually help remove the friction between those other departments within the organization. Seeing that a movement of change was actually beginning to happen and sensing that people wanted a new way of working across the business, attempts were made very early on to actually quash this coaching with the management team, and note I'm not calling them leadership here, telling me only to focus on the technology family that I was actually responsible for, which is just bonkers. This was undercover resistance coming through. They were trying to subdue it quietly rather than actually making a big noise about it. With example two, it's going to be called the what is this agile thing you do syndrome. So 18 months into an agile transformation at another company, The company got rid of one good senior manager as part of a sweep out in favor of another worse one who actually had zero technology background. And honestly, you can't believe that this actually happened still today. Now, while the agile growth was having pockets of success across the organization, the new senior manager actually had zero understanding of agile. And so the coaching and sharing the philosophy and the values and the norms and those ways of working had to begin all over again with him. Now, it got to a stage in a very large meeting abroad where he said of the agile way of working to others, what is that agile thing you do? 
even if I told him 20 times a week. And lastly, my last syndrome for the resistance is the I want you to work harder rather than smarter syndrome. So I've been lucky enough to be part of Agile Transformations that case studies have been written about, where the same team who were given the right authority, ownership, autonomy, mastery, purpose, delivered 10 times more successful outcomes than they did before they had adopted the Agile mindset and set of philosophy, those behaviours. They went from delivering one outcome per month to over 12 a year later. So that's going from 12 product releases in one year to well into the hundreds 12 months later. There was also zero attrition in the same company for over 21 months. Now, things could not have been better, genuinely. That was until the CEO, who had a huge personal resistance to Agile, got rid of my boss, the CIO, and the chief product officer, replacing them with two yes people. Several weeks later, in a town hall, the CEO exclaimed he hated the work smarter, not harder moniker, and told everyone he wanted them to work harder and not smarter. So how did people react to the resistance that they experienced? What I've experienced with example one, that was a loyalty card company where, you know, teams reverted back. There was a funny story, but it was an interesting story. And that is where the mobile team, so we had four teams, I think it was a mobile team, a web team, a a data warehouse team, and an API team merge forces. So join forces and start collaborating with each other. After this announcement, the mobile team and the web team publicly announced a divorce. So they actually said, we are not going to be working with you anymore. So obviously there were some interlinked problems there bubbling and it just kind of came out in quite an aggressive way. I was part of the web team and I was extremely proud of my web team and a big heart to the mobile team because actually when they launched, they just, just went for it. They did a huge release. They pulled down their old application and the reviews were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. So that was one of the responses. So it's actually how the customers responded versus how they responded internally. Internally, there were a lot of staff turnover. So people started to leave the organization. They were very disheartened. Um, There was a lot of sadness in the atmosphere, but we, as a web team, we kept going. We just kept pushing on, kind of toned down and went down the route of going electronic. So there were no more post-its and Sharpies, there's no web whiteboards anymore, but everything went down to a digital route, which hopefully today has actually served them quite well. So I always try to look at the positive side of these things. So yeah, a lot of the other areas, they were like compelled to go along with senior leadership and say, okay, well, we've been told we're going to have to go back and we're just going to have to go back. Things slowed down, uptake dropped. There was a whole host of, you know, people going off peace, not knowing what to do. It was actually more chaotic than it would be when you start an agile transformation, which was quite interesting. So for the second example, this was actually a happy story. So yeah, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I think, you know, it was a really good outcome in that the team were determined to press ahead. So they were like, okay, you at the leadership team, we've got to prove to you that we know that your customers will not come to this tool unless we do as they have said. So the team pressed ahead and we continue to kind of educate them and coach them with their agile journey. 
we got their customers front and center. They organized and divided the work into phases. So they had the MVP, they had the alpha, the beta, and then the live phases, and all of that got delivered. And all of that actually happened in the space of less than 12 months. So they did a lot within that short period of time. And the outcome was there was a, a global rollout. So this was a testing phase within the Spanish regions. And then afterwards they went out globally. So again, the project's probably still going on actually, as far as I know, but it was starting to get rolled out. The team that I worked with, they became the Lighthouse team. So everybody absolutely loved them. They became the go-to people for agile ways of working. So how do you do this? How do you estimate? How do you do agile ceremonies? What's this about retrospectives? What does that mean? So a lot of the leadership team actually, in fact, had to eat humble pie, which for us was super awesome. It was a huge celebration for us. But it does take a brave bunch of souls to really press ahead when you are faced with such strong leaderships as well. So that was the reactions from my two examples. How about you, Giles? Oh, look. I share so many of those similar stories, Chatel, so brilliant. You know, I'm going to go back to my three examples I shared at the start. Uh, and I'm going to start, obviously start with the we only want Agile for the technology team syndrome. And of course, the reaction there was that this created the friction with certain heads of department who, firstly, after being part of the Agile coaching process, exclaimed, I'm a blocker and now I know I am and now I know I need to change and who ultimately then went back to their old way of working once the senior managers actually limited Agile just to that technology team only. And that's just crazy. I mean, this also created a similar amount of friction within the technology family that I'm responsible for as well, as they were sort of put back into a silo rather than actually trying to break free from one. Now, going back to my second example, the what is this Agile thing you do syndrome, it, it got to the point that the other managers outside of the technology team who he had worked with before were the ones advising him on how to do Agile in the company. Now, if you remember, you know, with the statements and the what is this Agile thing you do all the time to me. And these were not the people who'd actually been hired to lead the Agile team across the organization. So again, this created huge amounts of friction, somehow as if they knew Agile better than the Agile leaders within the organization. Now, as I said, I once got an apology from the people we were actually talking to in that large meeting abroad after he said it and walked away. Needless to say, that's a slight good news, less than six months later, he was no longer that senior manager, that CIO within the organization. Now, lastly, the I want you to work harder rather than smarter syndrome. When the CIO, my boss, and the CPO had been replaced, it created the right amount of friction to ultimately actually lead to a major agile sweep out. So following on from the agile sweep out, this also led to actually a mass amount of attrition due to the comments that were made at that town hall by the CEO. Believe me, the following day to see two senior leaders handing in their resignation because of that statement at the global town hall, it was crazy. And again, several other mid-senior people resigned the following day. So, Chappelle, have you got anything there to add? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really interesting how, you know, tensions can really go high in situations like this. And, you know, it could lead, it's when people can't see what's on the other side of things, it kind of, it creates a sense of panic, which is probably why the leaders, it, it probably led them to make those decisions. 
Yeah, uh, and obviously wrong decisions at the end of the day. But thank you. So that's the experience of resistance coming from senior management in the UK. Next time, the four of us will explore the reasons for such resistance. Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales. Feel free to ping us on our agiletales.com. 